Welcome to History Class After Hours. I'm Joseph Barrow. Joining me today is Brian. Hello. Woo. Um, so today we are talking about a man whose name is John James Johan, whatever you want to call him. We'll call him John. It's not James. It's not James, even though I have James written here a whole lot. Um, so what this started off as, um, started looking at doing an episode on the California Gold, Gold Rush, and I noticed this name mentioned a whole lot at the beginning of the California Gold Rush. Um, so John Sutter is, he kind of starts it, all right? And then as I started to look more into John Sutter's life, I didn't realize he had such a significant role in the development of California, specifically by Sacramento. Um, and he is going to be, just like most people we talk about on this show, complicated. It's yep. gonna be good and bad. All right. A so, lot of both. <laughs> a lot of both. Yeah. All right. So he's kind of a, yeah, he's just a, he's a, I don't think he really cares about people. <laughs> I'll Probably put that not. Way. No. Um, so his name's John. Yes. We, we've covered that. It's actually Johan. Oh, really? Johan August Sutter. Like Bach. Yes. Uh, he was born on February 23rd, 1803 in Germany. Uh, his father was a foreman in a paper mill. Keep that in mind because one of the first thing he opens is a mill. Is it a paper mill? It is a paper mill. He likes trees. Actually, he likes likes cutting down trees. That's, That's just neither here or there. Uh, while in his teens, he would be an apprentice at a printing shop. So once again, his he's, he's got a long background here. A lot in paper, of paper. Yeah. Paper works. Um, he's also going to work as a clerk at a clothing shop. At the age of 21, he gets married to the daughter of a rich widow. Uh, he's going to operate a store, but was more interested in spending more money than making it. And what you're going to see is this is a common theme throughout Sutter's life. He loves the money. He's always trying to find ways to make it fast. And he loves spending the money. All right. Um, because of these habits, he's going to find himself riddled in debt. Um, he was about to go to debtor's prison, but was able to flee to the United States instead. This is going to be a reoccurring theme where he's constantly in debt. And right before he's about to go to prison, he just gets up and leaves. All right. I mean, that's how you beat him. Mm -hmm. yeah, just leave. I don't know what German debtor prisons looked like. I know the British ones were I terrible. know the British ones were terrible where people were like, yes, I will go to uncolonized Australia because I feel I have a better chance of living there. Yeah. Like the British just threw him on boats. Just like had them chill in the ocean. I'm guessing German ones aren't much better. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, so leaving his wife and five children behind, he would reach New York City on July 14th, 1830. Wait, he had five children? He had five children, yeah. Just leave them? Yeah, it was common back then. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Most guys would leave, reestablish themselves in the United States, and then depending on how they were feeling, would call for the family. Mm-hmm. Some would. Some would just start a new one. They're like, that's too much effort. I'm just going to start a new one here. I'm pretty sure John Sutter would be one of the start a new ones. He takes a while. He's, no, he's in no rush to bring the old family over. <laughs> All right. Um, when he gets to New York City, he is going to change his name to Captain John August Sutter. <laughs> Having a hard time reading that. 
I don't know why he calls himself captain, but I'm just picturing himself putting on one of those little sailor hats, little sailor captain hats, and making himself look more important than he actually is. Um, it was common for immigrants to um, anglicize. Is that the proper term? Anglicize their, their names? Probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of people didn't even choose to anglicize their names. That's Ellis, what, Ellis Island did it for him. That's what happened with my family. Really? Like, yeah. My last name was some weird Polish thing, and then they changed it. Yeah, so. we think that's what happened to ours, too. That was just like, nee. too long. We'll just shorten it. Um, also, a lot of people, because they were coming over to the United States, didn't speak English, and they were being asked questions in English. They would ask them, like, what's your name? And the only thing they knew how to say was where they were from. So a lot of people's last names are actually where they were from. The Ellis Island records are phenomenal. If you ever get a chance to go look at them, if you can actually read them, it's a lot. It's a lot of chicken scratch. I found my great grandfather's, and I have a hard time reading the cursive. Or I mean, you got to realize they're just processing yeah. all day and just yeah. yeah. All right. So in the United States, um, before actually getting there, he is going to learn Spanish and English. So that probably helps out. He was actually a very intelligent human being. He knew like five different languages. Wow. Um, he would head west first to Ohio, then Indiana, and then finally is going to settle in St. Louis. The last gateway to the west. That's why that arch is there. And the greatest Summer Olympics spot ever. Go listen to our episode on so that. Have we reached that point where we've done enough episodes where we can refer back to one probably just with about everything we do yeah yeah so go check out st louis olympics it's a doozy it's a doozy yeah especially if you like running um souther had intentions on being a farmer but would soon discover that there were quicker ways of getting rich once again remember he's like i just want to get rich i want to get rich i want to get rich 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 money money um he wanted to get his family to the u.s as quick as possible supposedly i, I based off of what i know about this guy yeah probably not not priority number one. Um, however, though, rather than getting a job, he's going to spend most of his time in saloons, spending what little money he had. Once again, sounds just like a man who's trying to get money to bring his family over from Germany. Um, to make matters worse, Sutter is going to find himself the victim, victim of a con man, which as we do more and more of this stuff, it becomes more and more common and people are just gullible. Just throughout history, I think people are just naturally gullible. Yeah. Um, a man claiming to be a wealthy colonel in the Prussian army. So if you don't know what Prussia is, Prussia was the most powerful of the German states in the mid-1800s. Um, it's basically where modern-day Berlin is. Um, so he says he's a colonel in the Prussian army, and he's going to ring up massive bills. So he's just out there drinking with everybody, partying with everybody. And he's like, put it on my tab, put it on my tab, put it on my tab. Souther and others would loan him money with the promise that they would be paid back 10 times the amount they loan him. Seems That's like, probably not happening. It seems like the same con is always used to. Yeah. I'm a rich person. I have lots of money. I'll pay you back, I promise. Okay. Yeah. That's, that seems like what's, what typically goes on in his history. Sutter is going to lose 50 bucks, which today doesn't sound like that much, but back then that was quite a bit of money. Um, he did, however, learn a man with nothing more than good manners and a convincing story could live extremely well within the United States. So he is, he's quickly catching on here. 
Sutter lacked money to pay the rent or send for his family. In the spring of 1835, he's going to join a trading expedition to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, there he believed he could strike it rich. So what these trading expeditions were is New Mexico's off in the, the wild frontier. They would buy supplies in St. Louis, bring them to Santa Fe, and sell them at an extremely high markup. And then go back and just kind of continue to do this. Um, Sutter took some leftover stock of Swiss, Swiss, Swiss can't speak clothing to barter with. Apparently, Swiss clothing was in high demand. I mean, maybe they make some really good stuff. I'm I'm guessing that the 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 way the Swiss dress though would not be suitable for Santa Fe. Probably not. I'm guessing that. But oh, well. maybe it's like a fashion statement. Maybe you know? like, ooh, I got a nice Swiss jacket. Yeah. Maybe it's like an army knife. Maybe. Is that, is that where we're going at here? Maybe the jacket has a bottle opener. That'd be sweet. I once had a shoe that had a bottle opener. Wow. It was, it was a flip-flop. <laughs> it was the most uncomfortable shoe ever. There you go. Um, so Sutter um, is going to go on his way. Even though he was sick most of the time, he still made a pretty good profit, probably from bad water. Um, that fall, he returned to St. Louis with more money in his pocket. Seven mules and a barrel of wine. Definitely sounds like a guy trying to bring back his family. He came He came back ahead, especially with those seven mules. Yes. They had to be definitely. miserable trying to get those mules from Santa Fe to St. Louis. That's like, yeah, that that's a long distance. I'm, I'm no mule expert, but I don't think they move fast. They don't. They don't. Okay. He would quickly start his own trading company. Uh, he would quickly squander, though, all his investors' money, leaving him in the need to find more. So he's not like a, a Ponzi scheme type guy. He's just a really bad businessman. That too. Um, for the next three years, he would trade on the Santa Fe Trail. Uh, he continues his heavy drinking, um, and he continues to mismanage money and all the supplies. Uh, once he forgot to order flour, which caused a delay for his caravan. Investors completely lost faith in, faith in him, selling all their shares back. Soon, he tried to trade goods to Native Americans on the trail, which was um, outlawed by the Spanish. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, he was trying to get horses and mules in return. Once again, this is illegal in Mexico, um, especially trading with the Apache. Uh, he's going to be a caught. He's going to be accused of smuggling. But... He is going to be able to bribe the Mexican officials with a couple baskets of champagne, and they are going to set him free. Champagne does that to you. Yes. Me. Sorry, sir. Here is some champagne. Oh, you're on your way. Um, however, by 1837, he had enough money to buy a farm on the Missouri River around what is modern-day Kansas City. He's eventually going to own 320 acres of land, a hotel, and a store in town. He's living good. It also helps that he's best friends with the guy that founded Kansas City. Yeah, that, that probably So the guy's just like giving him stuff. He's like, here, why don't you run our hotel? Here's a bunch of land. And what we know about Sutter. He's going to lose it all. He's probably going to lose it all, yeah. Uh, yeah. He bought a lot of the stuff on credit as well. And for a man that always has money issues, probably not the greatest thing. Um, so he failed to keep up with his loan payments. And he had to sell all the properties at a loss. So now he's got nothing once again, and his family is still 
in Germany. In, in Germany, yeah. He's going to contemplate suicide. However, his friend, John McCoy, who is the founder of Kansas City, offered to fund an expedition for him to California to increase his spirits. He's like, hi, buddy. I know you're on a bad, you're having a bad day. Here, here's some money. Go to California. Tell me what you find. Okay. So on April 1st, oh, this could have been an April Fool's joke. Oh, probably not. I don't know. 1838, Sutter and eight other men would head west. This was a day before Sutter was supposed to go on trial for debt. So once again, he flees as he's about to go to prison for debt. Uh, the route that he would follow would soon become known as the Oregon Trail. Go him. Go Sutter. One of the greatest computer games ever. Oregon Trail. <laughs> I remember once I was playing it in like sixth grade and I died of typhoid. Like you died of three, typhoid? Like three days in. It was always dysentery that got me. <laughs> you want to learn more about the Oregon Trail? Listen to the uh, Donner Party, Donner Party episode. episodes. Look at this. Look at all these plugs. Um, Sutter would eventually make it to what is modern day Portland. This is where it gets weird. I don't really understand what's going on here. But he can't find a boat to take him to California. Why do you need a boat? To I, to I, it's like, right, like they border each other. Uh, yeah, I yeah. know, but like. I don't know why he needs a boat. So instead, he's going to sell his horses. Makes sense. Yeah. So he's got horses to just ride the California boat. There's not like a mountain range, is there? I'm I not mean, really great with. There is a mountain range. In between like, Oregon and California? Yeah, but it's, it's not that. It's uh -huh. not that bad. Not as bad as the Rockies, I don't think. So he sells, sells his horses, boards a ship called the Columbia, and goes to Hawaii instead. His intentions are, when in Hawaii, he's going to board a boat to go to California. Okay. He's going out of his way a little bit. Yeah. A little side trip to Hawaii. 28 days later, he's in Hawaii. So it takes Columbia 28 days. That's... You're not really moving at a uh, brisk pace there. It takes, what, two weeks to get across the Atlantic? Is that I, about right? Back I, then? I think so. I think it's like two weeks, maybe three, two, three weeks. Well, the Pacific is, like, huge. All I know is it's like a three- to four-hour plane ride from L.A. to Honolulu. I thought it was, like, five. Really? Sure, no, yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah, so his intentions were to board that ship, and like I said, make connections with people, and then go to California. Uh, while there, he claimed to have met King Kamehameha III and said he offered him command of his army, but he turned it down. Wait, Kamehameha offered Sutter command? Yes, that's what he's saying. That's what he's telling people. But I don't... You know what? I've, yeah. I've been in Hawaii for a couple days, and, this, and King Kamehameha III wants to give me his army. That seems a little stretched, yeah, maybe. Probably. Uh... Yeah, yeah, probably. Souther is eventually going to charter the ship, the Clementine. Uh, he was first going to sail to Alaska this time, though, to sell goods to Russians and then head to California. Because remember, Alaska was part of Russia. Um, he's going to take 10 native Hawaiians with him uh, who promised to work for him for three years in exchange for passage. That is what we call indentured servitude that was that was the play early on in uh american colonization was indentured servitude so the idea was i can't pay for the trip over to the america 
pay for my passage. I will work for you for five years. After five years, I'm allowed to get up and go. But then there's going to be a bit of a rebellion. And all the indentured servants are going to start killing people. And that's when they say, we can't do this no more. And that helps lead to slavery. I forgot. I think it's Bacon's Rebellion. I want to say it's Bacon's Rebellion. I could be wrong on that. Maybe I should start teaching I don't know. American history or something. Uh, he also had goods to be used on a ranch that he was planning on setting up in California. This included three cannons. So then he's bringing some native Hawaiians with him and three cannons to Alaska, then California. Uh, in July of 1839, Sutter would reach California, and he's going to set, set, settle east of the San Francisco Bay. Uh, thinking the land was worthless, Sutter was given permission to select a large tract of it by the Mexican government. Two years later, he was made a Mexican citizen and given 49,000 acres of land because they're just like, they they were more, um, part Northern California was kind of an area of dispute between like the English, the Russians, Spanish, the Americans. And so the Spanish thought, if we can say, all right, you're a Mexican citizen. If the Mexican government said, if you're a Mexican citizen, therefore that's obviously our land. So that's even though they thought it was worthless. Um, For 80 days, Sutter would look for the perfect location for his settlement in the Sacramento Valley. Uh, He would finally find um, his site, and that's where the American and Sacramento rivers meet. Uh, there, he's going to build a fort bearing his name, Fort Sutter. Um, in 1481, he's going to get more land, this time buying a large chunk of land on the coast from Russia fur traders, from Russian fur traders. They didn't know they had that authority, but... Yeah, I, I didn't there. think they'd have land there, but... Basically, he bought everything from San Francisco and 90 miles north of it. Wow. For $30,000. That, that's pretty cheap for back then. Yeah. Like, you even... had to put $2,000 down. Oh, well. <laughs> it's like a car. Yeah. I, I wonder what that equates to back in uh, the 1840s. Probably a lot more, but still. Yeah. Uh, by 1842, Sutter was living well. He had a blacksmith shop, a blanket weaver, a carpenter, a tanner, a grist mill, and obviously he needs a distillery. He also had 13,000 cattle, um, acres of wheat, orchards of apples, peaches, olives, almonds, pears, and even fig trees. Sutter would call his lands New Halvietia, which was an homage to somewhere in Switzerland. Uh, Sutter's fort became self-sufficient, able to protect itself from outside attacks because it had those three cannons. Sutter's Fort also became a major stopping point for settlers going to California, making him even more money as he sold them goods at marked up prices. Two events, however, are going to hurt Sutter's business. The Mexican-American War would drive settlers away from California. Also, then you had the whole problem with Donner Party. Where people are like, oh, no, if we go that way, we're going to start eating each other. Yes, bad publicity. Yeah. If you remember back in the Donner Party, it was actually people, people from Sutter's Fort that went and saved the Donners. Um, in 1847, Sutter's would, would get turned, uh, Sutter's world would get turned upside down again. Um, one thing about Sutter, like how I said, he's earlier, he's kind of a, 
you're already kind of seeing it. He's not really an outstanding human being. Um, his treatment of Native Americans in the area is is pretty downright horrible. Um, it's said that he probably enslaved probably about 60 or 80 of them. And if you read how he actually treated them, like he treated them like cattle, where he would feed them through like feeding troughs and things like that. Um, so, and he's going to use that labor to kind of build up this estate that he made. So that's why he's, he's, he's a, he's a, one of those complicated people in American history where his, his accomplishments are important, but at the same time, he's a horrible human being. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, yeah. Um, so he decides to build a sawmill on the American river. Timber was in short supply at Sutter's Fort, but abundant in the mountains. The mill would be built on a valley called Coloma, about 40 miles northeast of the fort. On January 23rd, 1848, uh, the man in charge of the building, the mill, giant James Marshall, had diverted enough water from the mill pond into a channel because of the fear of flooding that were caused by heavy rains. When he looked at the pond, he noticed yellow flashing thingies coming from the bottom. He's like, oh. I like shiny things. I'm attracted to them. It's like me. I see a shiny thing. I turn my head. Um, he picked out a bit of the metal and found even more. On January 28th, Marshall would storm into Sutter's office at the fort, tell Sutter of his discovery. The two men put the metal through various tests and verified it was gold. Sutter knew soon word would get out and that his, uh, basically, his land would be flooded by people also looking for gold. Uh, Sutter went to the mill, hoping the gold was sparse, but to his dismay, there was a large quantity of it. Imagine being in that stage of your life where you're like, I have gold, no, <laughs> there's too much gold. It's like we were talking about the, uh, the, the, the Powerball lottery. And uh, I think it was like $2.1 billion. Yeah, it was. One person won it. One person. They got to give, I guess, 40% of it goes back to like the lottery. Then the rest of it's going to be taxed. So they're going to be paying like, I'll, they're probably only going to see like $500 million. Probably, yeah. And we're like, oh, that's horrible. Oh, only so, 500 million. Oh, we got 500 no. million. That's kind of like this guy's like, I got too much gold um he asked his workers not to tell anyone uh so he could get his uh spring planting done see where his uh priorities are yeah um because he knew there's there's going to be a gold rush um a couple years earlier there had actually been a gold rush in georgia north carolina south carolina around the appalachian mountains there um so people kind of knew what would happen Dahlonega. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Ever go to Dahlonega Gold Mine? No. Oh, it's kind of cool. They take it down there and go panning for gold. People still go panning for gold around like Dahlonega, Northern Georgia, things like that. Do they find any? I think they do. I don't think they find anything of quantity. Mm. For like 30 bucks, you, some guy will like take you out to like a river and give you all like the materials and stuff and pan for gold all day. I think it's more about the experience at this point. Yeah. Um, however, 
to Sutter's dismay, newspaper publisher Samuel Brandon would get word of the gold, and obviously he is going to put it in his newspapers. Large crowds soon flocked to the land, destroying basically everything Sutter had built. And then to make things worse, the government is going to seize his property, saying, we do not honor your Mexican land grant. This property is now ours because the government saw it as a way to make money. Um, so he is basically going to get up and he's going to move and he's going to spend most of his time in D.C. lobbying the government to pay him for damages to no avail. They are going to give him like $250 a month as like a, like a reimbursement type thing. Um, but anyway, what you're going to see is everything Sutter had built was destroyed by the gold rush. Because basically people just went in there and just started digging. Yeah. Then just tore apart everything. All right. Um, so in D.C., that's where he's going to die, 1880. And he still never got the money he wanted from the government. But Sutter, you can say he is responsible for the gold rush and which will help lead to westward expansion. So that is the story of John, James, Johan, whatever you want to call him, Sutter. Thank you for listening. If you find some gold, keep it hush. Or give it to us. Or give it to us. Yes. Donate it. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to History Class After Hours, the show where we talk about the things your history teachers didn't have time to teach you. If you wanted to stay updated on upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel on iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be on the lookout for new episodes, and we'll be posting every week. Until next time, stay curious.